You're listening to Reach Teach Talk with Nat Dane. I am here today with Ben Berger, rhymes with Bay, who is the founder of the Kindness School Foundation and the co-founder of the Kindness Movement based here in London. And Ben and I met, actually we met uh, because we were both in the audience listening to the 2019 Global Teacher Award winner, Peter Tabichi from Kenya, and uh, who was just incredible and inspiring. And Ben actually stood up and asked Peter a question. I was too nervous. Uh, and his question was about kindness and the role of kindness in schools and what Peter Tabichi has seen about um, you know, just the, the, the implementation of kindness, the idea of kindness as a school ethos. And in my 25 years working in schools in the U.S., certainly this theme of kindness, the concept of of cultivating and, and nourishing kindness and nurturing kindness in schools has been just a very, very important, obviously, element of the learning experience. But what was, what was not so obvious for me um, when I was working in schools in the U.S. was why. Like, why is it that it's important for us to teach kindness? Now, obviously, there's the we want to teach our kids to be kind because they grow up being kind and they end up being kind adults and it makes the world a better place. We got that. But when it comes to the recent neuroscience behind learning and the research that scientists have come up with, these educational neuroscientists have come up with and proven about the importance of kindness in schools, well, that's what got me thinking. This gentleman, Ben, who asked this really thoughtful question about the ethos of kindness in schools, there's actually real depth to this kind of concept, the idea that kindness is not just important for social emotional development, but as science is now confirming, kindness is extremely important for social and emotional learning, for retention, for long-term retention. And the easiest way for me to kind of frame this is that you, you have a kind focus in your school. You are working actively at alleviating anxiety. You're working actively at the idea of inclusion, not exclusion. You're working actively with the, with the notion that learning is cognitive and emotional, uh, which you've heard me say in episodes past and in my book, Time to Teach, Time to Reach. Learning cannot be achieved without the heart. And also, lastly, the idea that learning is also social. So, you know, this conversation with Ben is going to be an example of kindness in our social connection here. And we're going to, so, you know, listen and watch and watch us put this to the test. Because um, I don't see us getting into any heated debate, but who knows? Maybe maybe he's got something up his sleeve that I don't know. Um, so, Ben Berger, welcome to Reach Teach Talk. I'm really thrilled to have you here. Thanks for having me, Nat. It's uh, great to be here. And have you always been a, a missionary for kindness ever since your earliest memory? <laughs> well, that's actually a really interesting question about me being kind of an advocate for kindness. And I guess throughout the past one and a half years where I started this project, I've gone through different phases where I've asked myself, am I a kind person? Am I, uh, am I particularly kind? I, to be honest... I've never been asked that question before, but I think that I don't see myself as an exceptionally kind person. I just see it as I, th I see kindness as one of those values that we need to emphasize more in society and that are, are really vital, um, especially in a kind of a time where the political environment is feeling much more heated in times where we're talking about global challenges such as climate change. I think kindness is a really crucial factor in bringing the world together and in tackling global challenges. 
So so much to my to me being a kindness ambassador. I don't I don't think I'm a particularly exceptionally kind person. I just think it's really important. Um, I grew up in Switzerland, but my mum's uh, my mum's English. I was actually born in London, but growing up in Switzerland, um, the only source of my English was my mum. And I think through that, I kind of developed an English accent, but not really from a specific location. And so um, it kind of gives me a way in the occasional pub conversation with local Londoners. They're like, where are you from? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of from England. <laughs> <laughs> kind of from England and kindly from England. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you are also a citizen of the world, as we all are. And, and, and I love that you were earlier, you said that um, you may mention that this, this the theme of kindness is so important. When we're thinking today about global climate change, and we're thinking today about the way that politics has become so polarized, um, not just in the UK, certainly in the US, certainly all around the world, we have this bifurcation of, um, of, uh, of, of, of kind of tribes, but not in the, not in the positive definition of tribes, right? Um, but the idea that we are, we are bifurcated, we, are, we as, as people have conflict, um, we are seeing conflict played out in, you know, Brexit vote or in, again, climate change and what Greta Thunberg's doing to, you know, kind of pioneer this global attention toward uh, climate uh, change. Just as examples of why it's almost even, even it's, it's acknowledging the fact that while we speak different languages and we come from different cultures, this idea of kindness as a bridge, right? Is, is, is possible, or you must see that it is possible because this is what you've based your work on. So maybe, um, Ben, you could speak a little about your work and what brought you here today and what you are really focusing on and where you found hope in terms of what the Kindness Foundation and what the Kindness Schools um, have accomplished and, and have as their future plans. So, I mean, I guess the whole project started about one and a half years ago. I graduated from university. I did a, I did my degree in social innovation and social entrepreneurship. And I kind of, I went through that process like every student does, kind of looking for jobs, going out into the world. And it felt really harsh. It didn't feel like, I, I'm terrible at writing cover letters, by the way. So maybe that's a good reason. But I, I, I just felt like, you know, this is not, it's not a kind of a welcoming environment. Um, and I kind of, snowballed into this group of people that that all for different reasons felt that the world needed to be more kind and we sat together and we thought well what can we do about it It was over a a casual drink Um, how can we how can we contribute towards the world being more kind and we thought the best place to start would be at school because at school at those early ages in your life where you start developing those social skills that define you as a human being, we thought that if we have a message for the world to be more kind, why not start at primary school level? And then the next question was kind of, well, how do you teach people to be kind, right? Can you, can you just walk to the front of a classroom and say, right, today we're going to talk about kindness. This is what it is. And now you know what kindness is. Now you can be more kind. It's not really, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that that doesn't work. And we thought that the best way to learn about you know, the feeling that you can attribute towards being kind and receiving kindness is through experiences. And by sharing those experiences and your gratitude with the person that was kind to you. And and that's kind of where we came up with the idea of children sharing stories and document, documenting stories. And so we came up with the idea of the kindness book, 
which is a, a really, really simple idea where children basically, uh, you give the first page to the first student in the classroom and that child draws and writes about a small act of kindness that they experienced. And you then give the next page to that student that's mentioned. That student writes another story about another people in class and so on. So the book fills up with with these uh, small acts of kindness that kind of this, this chain of kindness that that goes all the way through the classroom and the book becomes this depository of of these small acts. This is wonderful. Hey Ben, this is this is so <laughs> it's it's a book that over time your classmates would fill with stories of kindness. And I love that it says at the beginning, if you have any questions about what kindness is, we have a kindness glossary in the back here. And here's how we define like for example, here's your definition of kindness. Being kind goes in both directions. Kindness can be about giving or receiving. You can feel another person's unhappy feelings and help them by listening to them. Someone can be kind to you by understanding you, supporting you, and giving you what you need. I mean, it's just, it's just great because what you're teaching here is empathy and openness. Yeah. And, and this, this book, at the end of the school year, or, or I imagine it's got to take a long time to fill out, is going to be full of only positive stories and stories about yeah. others. Yeah. And if, if you have a class where the classmates are thinking about not just themselves in this doggy dog world that we were alluding to earlier, but is able to have the blinders broadened and, hey, I, you know, my desk is right next to Ben's desk and I see that he seems a little, little bummed out today and I can't quite see why, but this book is going to give me the opportunity to um, write, write a story for Ben or share a conversation I had with Ben at lunch because I saw that he was seeming a little down and, and it, it lifted his spirits, right? It, it's about reflection, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really about showing kind of a sense of, on the one hand, a sense of appreciation for, for someone who's been kind to you and who's been there as a friend. And, and it's sharing that sharing that experience with the person because sometimes there may be small acts of kindness that uh, you do without even knowing that you're doing it. You're doing something uh, without any thought, but that means a lot to the other person. And by sharing that experience, it's like, wow, okay, um, this, this, this made my friend feel good. You know, that, that's all it takes. And, and starting to realize that your behavior can actually influence other people's feelings. And that, that I guess that is what it's, about in the broader context it's that it's a kind of a self-awareness but also awareness about your relationship with other people which which feeds into this kind of broader topic of social emotional learning and understanding your place in the world and how you influence other people but also how you know how you grow as a person i interviewed recently a guest on the show was a uh, 50 year primary school teacher early primary school teacher like reception you'd say here kindergarten in the u.s and she was talking about where kindness can be taught incorrectly, which, which is this idea of a classroom which is based on rewards. And um, if you pick up that trash and put it in recycling, then you get a star, you get a reward. So what ends up happening, she said, um, is, and this is Judy Mansfield, by the way, who's just a wonderful interview. Um, she, she, she gives the example of a student who, who says, look at me, look at me. I did something really kind. I picked up the trash or I was nice to this, stu this student today. And don't I get something for it? Where, so, so can you speak to that a little bit as well? This idea of kindness not being transactional, but something that perhaps is, as you say, a two-way street? Yeah, I think, I think that kind of, 
it hits the nail on the head. I think I think there's a difference between kindness and being a nice person or being a friendly person or you know there's I think to me to be honest after one and a half years of of working on kindness I still don't have a solid definition of what kindness really is but I think it kind of the closest thing to me is a kind of a a perception a kind of a really inter- intrinsic view of the world of how you relate to other people and how you how you act in accordance with other people and how you don't do it out of a necessarily out of a, a, a selfish or, or a, you don't do it for a selfish reason or you don't do it for a reward you do it because we're all human beings and there's another human being in front of you and you can just you know just by acting it can feel good that that sense of that that positive feeling is all that it needs it doesn't need to be tied to anything beyond that yeah. in and of itself that positive feeling is enough I, i'm thinking also about when I used to work in, in high schools and secondary schools in the U.S., and we had uh, service learning programs or community service programs, we would have community service programs. And what they were were you would have uh, every student would be responsible for, the, for over the course of the year to log in a certain number of hours where they were helping a lesser fortunate or a needy organization or group of people or person. And it always felt funny because it was it felt very one directional, right? Because it would be, look at me, I'm helping this person and I'm logging in the hours and I'm checking the box and then I'm going to get done my quota and then I'll be done, right? That is a very different way of looking at kindness because it's taking out the, the genuineness, the, um, the, the sincerity in, in a way. And, and, I, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to bash this because I, I, I think that it's, it, something is better than nothing, right, in terms of uh, you know, extending um, oneself to, to a group or a person that, that is... That is uh, that would really benefit from your help, yet it feels like help. It doesn't. It, it, if it's if it's unidirectional, it doesn't feel like there is this true understanding. What's missing, I think, is reflection of how did my how did what I my action impact this person, and what did I learn from that person? And I think that's that's where there's a difference between community service in the U.S. and service learning, because service learning with the word learning in the in the in the title opens the opens the way toward what did not just I impart to this person, the recipient, but what did I learn from this kind action? And I'm thinking about that because a really important part of the kindness book and the input in the stories and is is this focus on reflection. And that takes time. So I'm curious, when you go to schools, right, and you're talking about um this book, and you're talking about the importance of developing an ethos of climate, uh, I mean, a, a, a climate of kindness, ethos of kindness, um, in the schools. Do you ever have pushback in terms of, this is great, but we don't have time for this? Or do you ever sense that schools get it, but they don't quite get it in terms of what's, what, what you're really talking about in terms of the need for time to reflect mm-hmm. and to meditate on what kindness really is? Mm. You know, to be honest, I think I'm really lucky because, you know, we started we started this project with the kindness book November a bit more than a year ago, uh, November two thousand eighteen, and we had six schools. And within about six, seven, eight months, we went up to three thousand teachers being involved. And I think that I'm lucky because it's in the right time, and people feel that this is a really important topic. 
and they feel, for whatever reason it may be, if it's political, if it's environmental, if it's technology, that children, first and foremost, need to learn how to uh, how to communicate with each other and how to live with each other and, and need to learn those skills that's maybe, you know, Perhaps if I'd done this project 10 years ago, I might ha- I would probably have had a harder time. But I think that there's this kind of dawn of this awareness of human skills and human values and how education is really the, 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 the central part in shaping how we as human beings grow up and how we are able to build those relationships. Because it's one of the most fundamentally important things for us as human beings is to develop into grown-up people that can actually build those relationships because that's one of the key ingredients to happiness in a sense so to answer your question I've not been to a school where the teachers have said we don't really have time for this because I think this really kind of ticks the box for so many teachers that are trying to cover a lot of curriculum subjects and then think about well what are we actually doing on the personal side of these students? How can we help them become um, better human beings? So this, I think, really fits into that into that box. You, you're getting me thinking that it's not necessarily either or. It's not like, oh, okay, we're going to teach kindness and, and then we're also going to drive hard standardized testing. It's both. It, it, what I'm not hearing you say is, you know, if, if you were to recommend to um, the education department here or to Ofsted to eliminate testing and just replace it with kindness lessons... That's that's not what you're saying, is it? it it's because because the real world doesn't work that way either. It's so so. I'd love for you to elaborate a little more on kind of how do you? Here's the question, Ben. How do you know that a school um, is teaching kindness when it's really difficult to qualify or to quantify? Mm. You know, that's probably one of the biggest challenges that I'm focusing on right now. Is how do you kind of measure it? Yeah. Because we're kind of still in a, you know, that's the reality of it is that any any new, I guess, any new implementation, any large scale project that you you introduce into a large amount of schools, you need to kind of measure the outcome. So how, how do we measure that that teachers are doing this? How do we measure that children are being more kind? How do you measure kindness? I mean, I don't know. We can't even define it yet. We can't even define <laughs> it yet. Right. So I mean, you... I mean, I've, I've been talking with with different um, university professors from, from, from uh, the LSE where I did my, did my postgrad degree. And so there's, there's different ways that we could assess the impact of introducing kindness measures, so to say, yeah. on, on, on pupil outcomes. There are things like disciplinary measures. There are things like school attainment rents, rates and so on. There's, but, but I don't think it really captures it yet. So I don't, I don't know how we can actually get to a point where we can measure and say, this is really changing people's lives. This is changing students' lives. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking about the Relationships Foundation, which has found a way um, through Relational Schools Foundation to quanti- quantitatively assess the relational strengths within schools. They've done an incredible job um, using a survey-based approach to uh, assess, analyze, uh, aggregate um, the student-teacher relationship as well as the student-to-student relationship and to make correlations between the strength of these relationships and the edu- the academic outcomes, the testing outcomes and whatnot. It's, it's fascinating to see what they're doing. So it's almost like you are where they were, you know, years and years ago when they were just beginning to figure out how they can 
really assess the strength, in your case, would be the strength of kindness in these schools. Yet, even without being able to do that, right, Ben, it's this idea that schools are, as you said earlier, schools are kind of the um, uh, kind of the uh, kind of microcosms of society at large, right? And these are young kids with brains that are developing and growing, and and um, we can talk about that in, in, in a few minutes. This idea of, of neuroplasticity and this idea of how the brain grows and how we are teaching kindness. Yet schools, it doesn't sound like you're suggesting the schools should be a bubble where there's no no difficulties, no challenge, no negativity. It's how you just, because these are all human. Like you even said yourself, you're not 100% kind all the time, right? Who can say yeah. that about themselves, <laughs> right? I think even Mother Teresa, like I said in her, in her autobiography, I'm not a perfect person, right? So, and, and we're not perfect cause, because we're humans, because we're persons. So how kindness, even just the intentionality of, of kindness in schools is enough um, because we, if you're thinking about kindness, if you and I, for example, are taking a mass test and, um, you know, and, and, and I want to cheat, I want to, I want to, you know, and you see that I'm looking over at your test as you're taking it and you see that I'm a kind response on your part would be A, B, or C. You know, we could talk about different, you know, ways you can respond to that and without making it a negative conflict, um, you know, between you and me you know, or humiliating for me if you were to like, you know, call me out. I don't know if that's a great example, but just this, this sense that every day in school, there's challenges that come, that come up with kids and with teachers. If we have an intention toward um, kindness, then at least the way we handle these situations can be unified. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I think also that, I mean, every, everyone has that kind of memory of going to school and, and the social structures in school. And I mean, you see it in films all the time. It's like there's the cool kids and then there's the bullies and, uh, and, and there's the kids that feel left out. And, you know, how, how does that influence your whole experience of being at school? How does it how does it influence your, you know, if you like learning or not? Right. You know, and, and I think if you if you can support a school environment in, in which the students in a way take care of each other, then you know, that, that is such a valuable lesson for life, but it can also improve um, your overall experience at school, your, like your, your learning experience. I mean, I, I remember one of the most remarkable teachers I've ever met is this teacher who's, um, he's a teacher in Bhutan. I, I went to Bhutan last, uh, this summer to do a workshop for about 500 kids in, in the Himalayas, somewhere in the middle of Bhutan. It was absolutely amazing. And this teacher that, that introduced me to Bhutan and took me around for four days. He has this remarkable story of how he gave up his career, so to say, uh, of going to one of the big schools. He graduated top of his class and he went, he decided to go to this really remote village in the Himalayas, um, somewhere in the mountains of Bhutan where there was there was no infrastructure. I think there was, there was a, a wooden shack somewhere uh, in a part of the valley. And, and over the course of I think about six or seven year, years he basically built up this school and he got the local community to 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 support it and he got a lot of children into school um, and he also went round to families who had children who, with disabilities and he started or he encouraged the, the the families to send them to school no matter what despite their disabilities because it's it, it, there seems to be a culture in which in which you don't want to uh, you don't want to to sh how should I say there, there seems to be they don't want to show that their family has a child with disabilities mm -hmm. so 
um, he got these children to school and he also got the children that were already there to support those children. He would every day carry those children to school and if he couldn't do it, he would get other students to go to the, f- the family's homes, pick up the students and carry them all the way to the school. And now what he was telling me is that this created this incredible school environment in which all the students, there, was, there were almost no conflicts. And the students just, it, it became this kind of, this space in which the students could come together and they'd build relationships and they'd build friendships and learning became, became this, this fun activity in the context of a group of friends right rather than you know the classical school environment of where how do i how do i relate to the other students where am i placed um who am i friends with who not you know i th- i think that's where encouraging a school environment based on kindness and empathy and compassion is really really helpful that is i love that you just shared that example because it makes me think about um two things one is there's there's an organization that's been around for decades now called larche which is french it's based in it's in northern france and is and it, it's gone global, and it is. And what Larsh is is they take normally functioning adults and they place them in communities with special needs adults. And I can I say special needs adults. I have a sister who's special needs who grew up with uh, intellectual disability, and she is living in a group home uh, in the U.S. Massachusetts, and she's thriving. She's got independence. She's got, but she also has twenty four hour twenty four seven care, of course, because she cannot be on her own on her own. Yet. What Larsh does is it takes it a step further because it could be you know somebody like myself or you or somebody who's normally functioning living with them as well and in, in a community so it's a community just like what you described mm-hmm. and what that does is it absolutely it, my understanding is that it certainly promotes empathy um, and it's also it's, it again gets back to the service learning it's because the the folks who live with the those who have got intellectual disabilities they they just talk about how much they have learned about. Um, about life and about being human and humility and also about hidden strengths, right? Because those with disabilities, they've all got skills. They've all got strengths. It's just a matter of how you pull them out. Mm-hmm. So as a t- the teacher in me kind of relates to that because like, that's how we want to look at every student as well. Every student's got strengths and areas of challenge. How do we pull them out in a unified classroom environment? The other thing I'm thinking about more relating to schools is Based on what you were what you were sharing about your experience in Bhutan and this, and this real pioneer of integration, is um, schools that have these I guess you'd call them cheekily like buddy programs, where you have students who are you know in in year six or something students who are sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade um, matched up with students who are in first grade second grade third grade and they've been through early primary early elementary already, and yet they've got a buddy and they've got and there's this deliberate effort. Uh, um, structurally in the school to to have the older kids with the younger kids and to help them and to have this um, this 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 community community that's that's based on empathy and based on oh I've been in your shoes five years ago let me help you with you know your math or your addition or your simple you know writing skills handwriting cursive and I always find the schools who have, that have that have got those programs in place just feel like kinder schools because the older kids by and large, just love working with younger kids. And um, so you see that too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, was, I was actually just at the school in, um, in I, I, I always try and say, say it, uh, a school in Wales called Llandudno. That's that's the name of the village. And the north or northern coast of Wales, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Um, and there's there's a school there, um, Iskol Sansior. I probably pronounced it completely 
uh, in the wrong way. Um, and there's this remarkable head teacher, and he's been, I think, on various BBC podcasts, and and he basically he created this whole school environment based on uh, based on understanding the natural environment, on how uh, the ch- teaching the children. Uh, topics such as climate change and and biodiversity and they've got they've got about 150 chickens and they've got you know they've got um i think about 20 lizards and 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 geese and they had goats and everything and they also he created this environment where the the young the, the older kids take care of the younger kids and they they do all of these activities together they go and collect the eggs and so on um there's there's so much good work out there and i think it's really um it's really remarkable, and and you know, then again, I'm not a teacher. That's 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 uh, a really important thing to mention. I'm not a, a teacher. Uh, I've never been a teacher. I've I've never worked in the education system, but I come from a family full of teachers, and I kind of see my role, I guess, in working with teachers and understanding their approaches and looking at how they do it and sharing those methods with other teachers as well, and. And kind of creating a link between the education system and the sustainable development goals to some extent to say, right, we're facing a lot of global challenges. How is education this really remarkable tool for us to tackle these global challenges? Um, and I, I think, you know, what, one one thing that really strikes me, <clears throat> one thing that really strikes me is the role of the education system to create a sense of community. Um, and I, I've always been thinking of this in terms of human beings having lived in communities for their entire existence. And com- communities have been a kind of a way of of us to tackle the challenges that we faced as human beings from the outside world. Right? Com- community, a community is something that, that strengthen, strengthens you. You, you. you have safety in numbers. You have... And, and that community has a certain sense of kindness, of empathy that the individuals show respect to each other. And by being together, by working together, they can um, face off the challenges from the outside world. But kind of as our as our world has become more globalized, more connected, the challenges that we now face are global as well, right? And so it's my kind of sense that in order to tackle those global challenges, we need a global community as well. Yes. And that's really difficult. Because how do you create a global community? How do you create that connection between human beings that you would have in a small village between the individuals where they show kindness to each other and empathy and compassion and they know each other? How do you create that on a global scale? Mm-hmm. How, how, how do we as human beings, how can we show empathy with someone on the other side of the planet? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's so vital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to, that's where the education system comes in, where we have this unique chance of, um, you know, creating it, creating so to say a next generation that really really cares because we are obviously failing you know the signs are there the signals are there and so my hope is really and that's where I see myself is like giving in some way contributing towards an education system in which these human values and skills are central and and the kids of the next uh the next generation kind of go out into becoming human beings that can work together Without a doubt, you're addressing the call to action that, that we all must feel right now at this day and age and this time. And technology has prompted it. It's, I think it's exponentially um, uh, sped, sped it up. 
and also, um, as you were alluding to, makes made the world smaller. And perhaps what we're talking about here in this whole conversation, Ben, has been about how, what you've done with the Kindness Schools movement and what we've been focusing on with perhaps if you can focus on the classroom and, and teach at, the, at this young age the elements of kindness, empathy, reflection, patience, tolerance, inclusion, uh, appreciation for change, for, for, for differences, for community, and start locally, right, before, and, and, and have those, have that lens installed and then instilled. And then you can, as you get older, look broadly and start acting globally. But with those, and, and, I, and I come back to earlier when we were talking about tribes, because um, perhaps that is, we had uh, this gentleman, this amazing gentleman named Adrian Bethune, who was, who was on this show earlier, and um, he wrote a book about mindfulness in the primary school classroom, and he talks about tribes. And there's this professor at Pepperdine in California, who Lou Cozzolino, Louis Cozzolino, who is uh, kind of the founder of the term tribe, in the in this in the classroom way and what a tribe is is what we're talking about in this positive definition of tribe it's the idea we have a we have a common purpose we accept everybody and we appreciate everybody for you know all the you know uh, patches of the quilt that we create together and we together form this quilt that then comforts and is unified and strengthens and keeps us gives us shelter when it's raining and gives us warmth when it's cold and all that so that's our tribe. But if we can then take that as we get older and broaden that into a, a worldview, um, and, and this is where technology is pretty awesome, right? Because as you were saying, somebody halfway around the world from us can be experiencing something that we can relate to. But yeah. even though we're from a different culture, a different language, different, but we get it because we're human beings. And if we can use technology in that way to connect from our hearts and our, and our, and our spirits together, um, then we've got a whole kind of transcendent movement going on and that's really why i was happy to have you on the show because you are doing this this is and, and what i'd love to do is just to leave this episode with you giving you an, an opportunity to, to really kind of share your vision for kind of where the kindness school foundation is going and also where the kindness movement um is really heading and also how can we you know I, i'm american a lot many of our viewers and listeners are going to be americans how can we kind of involve ourselves um with starting perhaps with ordering the kindness book for our schools i mean you know the the kindness movement is a great project and it's been an amazing year year and a half in kind of connecting teachers and understanding that this is a topic that they feel is relevant and that's really humbling for me to go out there and get all of that positive feedback but kind of at the end of the day you've got a book and a child writes one story and passes the book on, and then what happens, right? That's not going to necessarily turn you into a kinder human being. You might become more aware of these small acts by writing a story in a book, but, you know, there, there needs to be more. And so that's that's where, that's why I started the Kindness School Foundation in a kind of an attempt to to provide schools with a whole set of resources that they can introduce. And this is all stuff around social-emotional learning, um, and it's built on this philosophy of kindness. So this is there's three parts to it. There's a kindness kindness towards yourself, which touches things such as uh, you know physical health and mental well-being. And then there's kindness towards others, which is everything about building long-lasting relationships. How do we how do we act respectfully um, towards other people? 
And then there's the third part, which is this kindness towards the planet and the wider world. And I think that's where a lot of the education for sustainable development comes in, talking with children about global challenges, talking about things like climate change, like gender inequality, um, like poverty, and all of the, bringing these subjects into education at an early stage. So that's 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 the kind of the aspect of the Kindness School Foundation. And we, uh, any school that signs up kind of becomes a Kindness School and they get access to all of these resources. Then there's a cool logo that they can put on their website. And so there's 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 a ton of stuff there. Um, what I what I envision is that things relating to social well anything related to social emotional learning becomes more of a topic within the education sector because I think they're so valuable. And I'm really happy to see that next September there are two new subjects entering the English curriculum, and that is relationship education and that is health education, which is physical health and mental well-being for uh, so this is yeah for primary schools there it's also for secondary schools and that's really a strong signal to me that there is a priority there you know talking about relationships building relationships talking about mental well-being it's amazing and it gives a sense of urgency maybe a sense of necessity at schools to say that we also need to talk about this this is really important um, but what I'm actually working on at the moment as well is I'm working with uh, the Mahatma Gandhi Institute for Peace and Sustainable Development, uh, the UNESCO Institute, the MGIP Institute. Um, and we created, with about 20 other UNESCO youth leaders, this uh, Global Youth Alliance for Kindness. And what we're doing is we're connecting these organisations that are working on things like kindness or empathy and compassion. But we're also pushing for a uh, UN declaration for so the basically to highlight the importance of social emotional learning and we want to get it uh, signed by UN member states and so we're in this kind of we just started this two-year process of getting that through and and that is then really something that different organizations can point to and go to their governments and say look we've got this UN declaration we need to do this in our country and that that's that's what I kind of see is that we start this global movement for which is supported on a policy level as well um it's fantastic what was the other <laughs> that, that you just answered you just gave the strategic plan and you gave and and all along i was thinking also in the back of my mind about how this is the time i mean for schools to, to really really prioritize and i, I was I'm, I'm encouraged to know that there's a focus on relationships and a focus on uh, mental health and well-being at the primary level here in uh, in the uk all, all, all that we need to know is on our phone right now. Everything, information bits, everything we can access is all right here. So why not use this time knowing that, you know, any answers to every question are on here. Why not use this time to then kind of give the teachers a bit of a break? They don't have to be the font of all knowledge. And instead, lead by example and allocate time to the social and emotional health of our students because everything you said is absolutely spot on about this world that they are growing up in. And we're seeing it with statistics, right, that prove that there's a rise in depression, a rise in anxiety. The first time in the U.S., suicide over overrode homicide um, as, as a cause of death in teenagers, in U.S. teenagers, and that's been in the past 10 years. So we're witnessing clear evidence-based um, examples of a broken system or a sick nation or a sick, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of veil on our students that yes the way they present themselves could be super happy and, and you know it doesn't give you any pause but we also know the world that they're growing up in is quite challenging and efforts like the kindness foundation efforts like the book here the kindness book efforts like the kindness schools project um, which i really encourage schools if you're an american school teacher or leader to really go to this website which is what is the website by the way kindnessschools.org uh, kindnessschools.org all right is there something between the kindness and schools yeah dash it? yeah kindness dash kindness hyphen schools Kind kindness dash kindness-school.org okay school singular <laughs> yeah sorry school it's, it's a new website i don't it's, have the domain yet. that's right all of these so fresh <laughs> this is fantastic but um I, I would love to get you back on here in five years from now yeah. and and have you celebrate kind of the growth that that the trajectory that you've achieved because in 18 very short months i mean ben what you've been able to do is in, in your organization has been able to do is really phenomenal and i just mm. want to thank you so much for being on this episode um a focus on kindness on breach teach talk Thank you very much, Nat. Thanks for, for having me. My <laughs> pleasure. You've been listening to Reach Teach Talk with Nat Damon. If you'd like to recommend a guest for a future episode, you can send your suggestion or questions to nat at reachacademics.com.